The Lord be with you. And also with you. Lift up your hearts. We lift them up to the Lord. The liturgy, music, and homily are offered this day in, pray, in the praise of God for our gathered congregation here at Marsh Chapel, for our radio congregation across New England at WBUR 90.9 FM, and for our internet listenership around the globe. On this first Sunday, as is our custom, we welcome all of whatever age, background, or station to receive the sacrament of Holy Communion. Those listening on the radio may request communion at home by calling the church office. On this Sunday especially, we commend to you the ministry of Marsh Chapel. That is, we invite you to make self-selections in forms of leadership and service in our midst, we invite those so moved to identify as chapter members this day by speaking to one of our staff. We invite your continued or the beginning of your practice of disciplined generosity as we gather for worship. This is the day that the Lord has made. We shall rejoice and be glad in it. As we are able, may we stand in the praise of God.
May we pray together. Set us free, O God, from the bondage of our sins and give us the liberty of that abundant life which you have made known to us in your Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Please be seated. A lesson from Paul's first epistle to the Corinthians, chapter 9, verses 16 through 23. If I proclaim the gospel, this gives me no ground for boasting, for an obligation is laid on me, and woe to me if I do not proclaim the gospel. For if I do this of my own will, I have a reward, but if not of my own will, I am entrusted with a commission. What then is my reward? Just this, that in my proclamation I may make the gospel free of charge, so as not to make full use of my rights in the gospel. For though I am free with respect to all, I have made myself a slave to all, so that I might win more of them. To the Jews I became as a Jew, in order to win the Jews. To those under the law I became as one under the law, though I myself am not under the law, so that I might win those under the law. To those outside the law I became as one outside the law, though I am not free from God's law, but am under Christ's law, so that I might win those outside the law. To the weak I became weak, so that I might win the weak. I have become all things to all people, that I might by all means save some. I do it all for the sake of the gospel, so that I may share in its blessings. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
Psalm 147 with the Antiphon. to sing praises to our God, for God is gracious, and a song of praise is fitting. The Lord builds up Jerusalem. He gathers the outcasts of Israel. The Lord heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds. The Lord determines the number of the stars. He gives to all of them their names. Great is our Lord and abundant in power, his understanding is beyond measure. The Lord lifts up the downtrodden. He casts the wicked to the ground. Sing to the Lord with thanksgiving. Make melody to our God on the lyre. He covers the heavens with clouds, prepares rain for the earth, makes grass grow on the hills. He gives to the animals their food and to the young ravens when they cry. His delight is not in the strength of the horse, nor is his pleasure in the speed of a runner. But the Lord takes pleasure in those who fear him, in those who, who hope in his steadfast love. Praise, Praise the Lord. for the singing of the Gloria Patri and the reading of the Gospel. Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to St. Mark, chapter 1, verse 29 to 39. As soon as they left the synagogue, they entered the house of Simon and Andrew with James and John. Now Simon's mother-in-law was in bed with a fever, and they told him about her at once. He came and took her by the hand and lifted her up. Then the fever left her and she began to serve them. That evening at sundown, they brought to him all who were sick or possessed with demons. 
and the whole city was gathered around the door. And he cured many who were sick with various diseases and cast out many demons. And he would not permit the demons to speak because they knew him. In the morning, while it was still very dark, he got up and went out to a deserted place, and there he prayed. And Simon and his companions hunted for him. When they found him, they said to him, Everyone is searching for you. He answered, Let us go on to the neighboring towns, so that I may proclaim the message there also, for that is what I came out to do. And he went throughout Galilee, proclaiming the message in their synagogues and casting out demons. The Gospel of the Lord. Prevenient grace is the grace of God that comes to us and embraces us well before we are aware of its presence, prior to our engagement, prior to our acceptance, prior to our reception of such grace. God's grace comes in a preparing, guiding, preventing, that is to say, prevenient way. That is good news. Most of the time, and there is a goodness to this as well, we think of ourselves as walking one step ahead of the other into the future. We are finding our way forward into the future. And how could we do otherwise? But in the Gospel, and especially today in Mark 1, 29 to 39, we are asked to make a shift, to pivot, and so to hear and to recognize as well that the future is coming toward us. Time flies, ah no, time stays, we go. The future is coming our way, invasive, incursive, incarnate. You know, the Gospel of Mark is shaped by a cosmic, apocalyptic, theological perspective. Now there is a four-word mouthful, even for a university pulpit. This next summer, for eight Sundays, we shall explore that perspective and its meaning for our time. But we recognize today, and we, we face it together, that this cosmic, apocalyptic, theological perspective embedded in Mark is not our own most of the time. Beelzebub is not a name we use in our extended families or with our children or house pets. It's just not. The end of time, the last of days, the Yom Yahweh, the day of the Lord, these are not phrases that fall easily off of our lips in our time. Children of light, the children of darkness, we may occasionally think in those terms, but not regularly. This perspective is not fully our own. And yet, there is within it a kernel that we might seize today, or the marrow of the bone, if you will, which is important to us coming to the Lord's Supper this day. And that is that the future is coming toward us, making its way our way, if you will. How could we put this in a simile, metaphor, illustration fit for the hour? It's a little bit like waiting 
for a football to fall your way from the heavens, or seeing a linebacker coming through the defensive line, or a phalanx, if you will, of players moving toward you down the field. The future is coming our way. The prevenient grace of God coming our way comes prior to our ability or willingness or engagement with it. I heard one say this week, I believe I quote him exactly, I found Christ when I was not looking for him. Well, we might say Christ finds us prior to our capacity to search for him. And the means of grace, one such received today, so guide us. The lesson today is a double lesson of healing, personal and social, social and personal. Just as the means of grace contain a personal and a social dimension, both, he is in part dependent upon where he is. She is in part dependent upon where she is. So the means of grace come to us. Baptism, a name in a church. Confirmation, a faith within a tradition. Eucharist, a reception within a gathering. Ordination, a calling in a context. Marriage, a partnership in a pattern. Forgiveness, a pardon in a gathering. Unction, the sign of eternal hope and life within time and history both. Prevenient grace is making its way toward us in a personal and in a social dimension both. We begin in the personal with John Calvin and well we might who said of this verse the evangelists love to celebrate this verse because in his words it is a homely and a close encounter with one individual. The healing of one leads to the healing of many. Never discount the power of one, four, five individuals to make a change in the world around. That's actually, as one said, that's the way change comes. Peter Andrew, a set of brothers. James and John, a set of brothers. Here they come, the prevenient grace of God guiding them. That is, our faith is a combination of a deep personal trust and an active social involvement. The healing of one is related to the healing of the whole. The cleansing of the whole has an impact on the healing of one. Simon's mother-in-law, on the one hand, and notice all these words together, the all, the many, the whole, the city, actually the town city, on the other, are connected. The future is coming toward us. Prevenient grace is embracing us. The goodness, the reflected goodness of God prior, prior to our capacity to respond and know and understand. So we might notice the detail of this short and beautiful reading. She who is healed, the demons who are cast forth, the illness that is cleansed. This word, it's not city and it's not town, it's both. 
It's not polis, you hear, metropolitan, cosmopolitan, and it's not come, village, it's come polis, meaning what? Well, you tell me. It means village city. It means that combination of personal and social, of natural and cultural, which we, for which we all and severally do long. There is a personal dimension to the prevenient grace of God coming and to be received today. Oh, make no mistake, we receive the Lord's Supper personally, not individually, but personally, one by one. And yet, how do we receive body and blood, bread and cup? We receive in community, in communion. There is a personal dimension to the prevenient grace of God approaching and embracing you and you and you this day. This Eucharist, this thanksgiving, is meant not individually, but personally for you. Twenty centuries later, it is still true. Aside from the sermon in pastoral ministry, the 25 pastoral visits, personal contacts that one makes through the week, on the street, in the hospital, in the office, in a restaurant, at home, by phone, in correspondence, those matter most. How I miss my colleague Brother in ministry, Peter Gomes, who a year ago from across the river, uh, who died a year ago. But you know, as beautiful as was his voice, it was his ministry that lingers. You remember he said, you ask me the secret of my success in four decades of ministry at Harvard. I give it to you in a word. Ubiquity. I am everywhere, I go everywhere, I attend everything, I climb every hill, I descend every molehill, I cross every yard, I go where I am invited, and I go where I am not invited. I go where I am expected, and I go where I am not expected. You ask the secret of my success, I give it to you in a word, ubiquity, I am ubiquitous. Would you practice, enjoy, master pastoral ministry? Remember that word, prevenient grace in a personal dimension. We began with Calvin and the personal. We may turn to Wesley for the social, said he Happy this verse, happy this scripture, happy those who return and receive the gift of God in the gospel of Christ and do so in the first call. For, as he says, in delight, all of the city, all many whole, the komepolis come to the door. Now the healing inside has led to the gathering outside. Now the change in one or a few has led to the opening, the prevenient grace of God outdoors. You know, Ortega had it right. Yo soy yo y mis circunstancias. I am myself and my circumstance. Self and situation are engaged one with another. And here is the calling. As Wesley said, there is no holiness save social holiness. None save shared communal 
social holiness. So ours, a common faith with John Dewey, a common ground with Howard Thurman, a common hope with Robert Hill, a common wealth across the Bay State and beyond, a shared longing. It could be that our social imagination is not as robust, is weaker than it should be. Remember Marcel Proust saying, here we enter not at the shameful and low gate of experience, but through the golden gate of imagination. That is just how robust and full is our capacity to imagine in our time the lives of others as currently they are and to imagine for another time the prevenient grace of God coming to shape a new and better and fuller world. We may need to listen in memory more closely to those stories our parents or for some grandparents did once tell about what it meant to live in the 1930s through the Great Depression, to eat in the evening a potato soup one night after the other. We may need to listen more carefully to the newscast of children eight years old in central Florida growing up not in homes but in automobiles and prior to going to school washing themselves in fast food restaurants and entering as if nothing were amiss. We may need to listen again to that now middle-aged single mother in Chicago, both of whose parents were tenured professors, and now she, as she put it, I have somehow fallen out of the middle class. And we may need to hear again, I mean hear together in the heart, the experience in western central Maine of a couple living on $1,200 a month who don't have enough money for heating oil and so stay warm with the electric stove. Just how Robust is our social imagination in these days when we do hear, and it is good, some reflection on the poor. Remember Paul taking his collection with one admonition, remember the poor. Remember Christ, Matthew 25. When did we see thee? As you have done it to the least. Remember St. Chrysostom so many centuries ago, recalling for us that your brother is more a temple of God than any single church building, that consistent and continuous attention to the poor is at the heart of our life together and fuels or could our social imagination, as he concluded, Chrysostom did, writing, the poor are bearers of God's Spirit in a way not fully true of any others. There is a, a social dimension, a social holiness, a shared, a communal referent and longing in the prevenient grace that comes to us. And so the celebration of the healing outside of the doors of Peter's a mother-in-law. Now we, we pause here, having noticed the personal and the social, to 
Notice I'm not going to dwell here. The sermon's coming to a conclusion. I'm not going to camp out on this uh, reference. I do notice, though, with you that Simon has a mother-in-law. That is, he seems to have acquired a mother-in-law in the time-honored fashion in which one does. Behind every great religious leader, there is a surprised mother-in-law. Simon seems to have been connected. That is, I'm not dwelling here to have been married. He has a spouse. He has a family. He has an extended family. And through that connection and others, there is a bridge, personal to social. Our faith is a combination of a deep personal trust and an active social involvement. The passage ends after an individual healing and after a communal healing with a word of prayer. Somehow Matthew and Luke and their use of this passage has left it out. But we shall not, as we come to the Lord's Supper, I've asked our chapter member and congregant, John Pettikin, if he would come and offer with us a prayer, a beautiful prayer, used regularly some 50 years ago at Vatican II. Let us pray. Let us pray. We stand before you, Holy Spirit, conscious of our weakness and sinfulness, but aware that we gather in your name. Come to us, remain with us, and enlighten our hearts. Give us light and strength to know your will. Make it our own and to live it in our lives. Guide us by your wisdom, support us by your power, for you are God. You desire justice for all. Enable us to uphold the rights of others. Do not allow us to be misled by ignorance or corrupted by fear or favor. Unite us to yourself in the bond of love and keep us faithful to all that is true. As we gather in your name, may we temper justice with love so that all our decisions may be pleasing to you and be worthy of the reward promised to good and faithful servants. You live and reign with the Father and the Son, one God, forever and ever. Amen.
seated. We welcome you once again here to the Nave of Marsh Chapel and hope that you will help us get to know you better by putting your name and contact information in the red books found along the center aisle of each pew. If you'd pass the book along to your neighbor when you're finished with it, we'd appreciate that as well. We hope to help you get to know one another better throughout the coming week. We would note that Marsh Chapel is hosting a retreat February 24th through 26th for students who are considering uh, the trajectory of their lives, uh, whether that's figuring out a major as an undergraduate, as seniors who are graduating and moving on into new stages of life, or graduate and professional students trying to figure out how to put all of that hard-won knowledge to work. Uh, again, February 24th to 26th, more information is available on the chapel website, bu.edu chapel, where there's also the opportunity for online giving. Now walk in love as Christ loves us, an offering and sacrifice to God.
We give you thanks, O God, this day for life and work and peace. Now bless these gifts and those who have given them to the work of ministry in this place and throughout the world. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. In the tender mercy of our God, the dayspring from on high has broken upon us to give light to those who dwell in darkness and the shadow of death and to guide our feet into the way of peace. The peace of the Lord be always with you. Let us share with one another a sign of peace. As grain once scattered on the fields and grapes once dispersed on the hillside are now reunited on this table in bread and wine, so, Lord, may your whole church soon be gathered from the corners of the earth into your kingdom. Amen. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is indeed right and good always and everywhere to give you thanks and praise through Jesus Christ, who is one with you from all eternity. For on this day he appeared in the temple in substance of our flesh to come near to us in judgment. He searches the hearts of all your people and brings to light the image of your splendor. Your servant Simeon acclaimed him as the light to lighten the nations, while Anna spoke of him to all who looked for your redemption." Destined for the falling and rising of many, he was lifted high upon the cross, and a sword of sorrow pierced his mother's heart, when by his sacrifice he made our peace with you. And now we rejoice and glorify your name, that we too have seen your salvation, and join with angels and archangels in their unending hymn of praise. We praise and bless you, loving Father, through our Lord Jesus Christ, and we obey his command, as we obey his command, send your Holy Spirit, that broken bread and wine outpoured may be for us the body and blood of your dear Son. On the night before he died, he had supper with his friends, and taking bread, he praised you. He broke it and gave it to them, saying, Take, eat, this is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. When supper was ended, he took the cup of wine. Again, he praised you, gave it to them, and said, Drink this, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant, which is shed for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. So, Father, we remember all that Jesus did 
In him we plead with confidence his sacrifice made once for all upon the cross. Bringing before you the bread of life and cup of salvation, we proclaim his death and resurrection until he comes in glory. Great is the mystery of faith. Lord of all life, help us to work together for that day when your kingdom comes and justice and mercy will be seen in all the earth. Look with favor on your people, gather us in your loving arms, and bring us with all the saints to feast at your table in heaven. Through Christ and with Christ and in Christ, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, all honor and glory are yours, Almighty Father, now and forever. Amen. Believing the promises of God as our Savior taught us, so we pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. We break the bread of life, and... That life is the light of the world. God, here among us, light in the midst of us, bring us to light and life.
Let us pray. Father of all, we give you thanks and praise that when we were still far off, you met us in your Son and brought us home. Dying and living, he declared your love, gave us grace, and opened the gate of glory. May we who share Christ's body live his risen life. We who drink his cup bring life to others. We whom the Spirit lights give light to the world. Keep us firm in the hope you have set before us, so we and all your children shall be free, and the whole earth live to praise your name. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit be and abide with each one of us now and forever. Amen. 